Holy cow. The Jazz pulled off a stunner last night in Houston. I'll talk through my thoughts on the game and where I think the Jazz are really at at this point, having won now two in a row after our five-game losing streak, as well as breaking down the reintegration of Mike Conley and, and what my thoughts are as far as what the ceiling is for this team this year. So today, it definitely feels good to be a Jazz fan. What a game winner from Bojan Bogdanovic. I think he put it best when he said, this is even better than the Milwaukee one. Which, not to slight that buzzer beater, not to slight that game, it was a great win for us. But last night was just incredible in every way. When you consider that we were on the road against a Houston opponent that has given us fits for years now. Um, he It wasn't as... I don't want to say the play wasn't drawn up very well, but it didn't fool the Rockets. He had two guys guarding him. Um, he was deep. It was a really tough shot. It actually looked like he was fouled twice on the play. And to just overcome all of that, considering the fact that he had played terribly last night, um, I think he finished with only two shots on the night. Um, just incredible all the way around. But let's break down the game a little bit and see how we feel about it, where we're at. Um, before I start, I did want to mention, I realized uh, this past week as I was trying to show someone my pod that for some reason, like 98% of the episodes that I've uploaded are not showing up for some reason. Um, I had, I thought I had everything figured out to where I just put them in a certain folder and then it would automatically upload to all the major podcasting hoster websites. And for some reason that didn't work. So I think I have it figured out now. I don't think I'm going to go and re-upload all the other episodes because a, this is pretty much just me talking to myself. So I don't know that it would be worth my time. And B, I think it'll look a little weird to have like 30 episodes that are all uploaded the same day. So and I don't know that anyone really wants to go listen to how excited I was about our winning 18 of 20 when we're no longer winning 18 of 20. Like, it's it's in the past, and it doesn't seem really relevant to me. So if you want one of those episodes for some reason, if you want to know, hey, I want to know what your thoughts were on this week, let me know, and I can send it to you or figure out a way or maybe upload one or two of them. But um, I'm also in a different office today. I'm actually out of town. So I, I noticed that there's a little bit of an echo. I'm going to try and get rid of it with the editing afterwards, but bear with me. I apologize. I guess this is only the second episode you'll be able to listen to, so you probably won't know what to expect from me quality-wise, but usually it should be pretty clear and crisp. So, But getting into the Houston game, can I just say how good does it feel to beat the Rockets? Like It feels like... You know, back in the day when we would beat Kobe and the Lakers, it was just the best feeling in the world. Like, no matter how you got the win, no matter how ugly the game was, just beating them felt good. I saw a video on Twitter of, it was from a fan perspective, and you could hear the crowd, you know, chanting defense and all excited. 
until the shot goes up. And, and even as he shoots the shot, everyone starts cheering because it, it wasn't the shot we wanted. I mean, I mean, yes, you want a three-pointer from Bogdanovich, but it was a terrible because he was guarded so closely and it was deep and he kind of had to turn midair. And anyways, it was just cool to, to hear the crowd just deflate. It was really satisfying, petty feeling, but they beat us so much that it just felt so good. Um, overall, I thought we had a decent game. There's still kinks to be worked out, and we'll talk about those a little later, but I think we're getting on the right track. Um, I think we are making measured improvement game to game, and it just feels like things are starting to click. Um, last night... There were 10 lean changes in the game. We were tied seven times. Um, I mean, really, we came out and we're doing well. We were leading up until about midway through the first quarter. And then we didn't lead again until the beginning of the fourth. Um, we ended up with our biggest lead of seven with about, I want to say, three minutes left to play. And that is a little disheartening. Um, that we had a pretty strong lead, and then I think we made a couple poor decisions right after we got that seven-point lead. Um, I think there were a couple turnovers in there, a couple poor shots by by Donovan especially, that I think prevented us from just closing out a game that, that we probably could have. But on the flip side, we were playing the Rockets, and the Rockets can go on a 10-0 run on any team in the league, I think, especially with that small ball lineup that they're rolling out. It, they're so hard to, to defend, and I thought this game, especially in the fourth quarter, we defended very well for the first time in a while. Um, I thought our perimeter defense especially was really good. We kind of stopped trying to just let Rudy handle everything um, and actually – trying to stay in front of our man on the perimeter. Um, I also liked Quinn's coaching the entire game. I loved the idea of having Rudy Gobert guard Russell Westbrook. And for what it's worth, I think it worked. Um, let me pull up there the box score real quick and make sure. But um, we, we really seemed to contain pretty much everyone that we wanted to contain. Um, I mean, Harden went for 28, which... Sounds like a lot, but for James Harden, like that's what you want. He shot 15% from three, um, 47% from the field. He only got to the line six times, which is incredible. Um, Westbrook did go for 39, which can be concerning, but I mean, I think the idea with putting Rudy on him is I, I think Westbrook has proven that if you bet on him to beat you, Half the time, you're going to be okay. Um, I think he is inefficient enough that you're okay kind of letting him get his as long as you're preventing everyone else. And, and I think we did that. I mean, we limited P.J. Tucker. He had a couple big threes toward the end of the game, um, right in those final few minutes. But before that, he was pretty much a non-factor, which is awesome. Um other thoughts on the game. I think Mike Conley had a great game. Um, he had 20 points. Um, he ended up with six assists, I think. 
five rebounds. Um, he had good energy, good decision making. I I think Mike Conley's starting to look like Mike Conley again, which is awesome. And then Jordan Clarkson was just phenomenal. More than anything, I mean, he had 30 points, which is awesome. Um, the energy was just incredible. Uh, he, you know, Russell Westbrook's one of those players that, that he's not the most skilled um, in a sense of, like, he's not a great shooter. And he's awesome around the rim, but he, he's not a great shooter. He um, can be kind of tunnel vision sometimes, but he just makes it up for, for everything with his hustle play and effort. And I think Clarkson matched that energy, especially in the third quarter when Houston kind of threatened to run away with the game, and he sort of just willed us to, to stay in it and have a chance at the end, which, you know, it turns out is, is all we needed. And, and really, I think on the road against a good team, you know, a, a potential contender, I, I think that's all you can ask for. Um, like, I get that you want to see, you know, a 10-point win or, or a comfortable win, but these West playoff top four, five, six teams – they're so good that you almost just have to pencil in every road game as a loss and then hope that you can be within striking distance at the end, um, which is what we did last night, I think, and it worked out well for us. Um, I also liked the John Morgan minutes at center. Um, I think that's a really interesting lineup that it looks like Quinn's going to start rolling with a little more, um, and I, I think that could be good. Um, we ended up shooting 48% from the field last night, 39% from three, which is about where we've proven to be as a team. Um, we did have 15 turnovers, which has kind of been a reoccurring theme for our team. I, I don't necessarily care about the number because, you know, Quinn's system involves passing so much that I think we're naturally going to have more turnovers than most teams. Um, the issue in my mind has been that a lot of them are really stupid turnovers and especially late game. Like we make, it's like we've been flustered lately, um, which is frustrating. Uh, but I, I think we're on the rise. I think we're looking less flustered. We're looking more comfortable. We're playing as a unit better. Um, so I think, I don't think we're, we're out of a slump yet. I, I think like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we lay an egg tonight in Dallas because Dallas is a good team. We're on a back to back. Um, we beat them last time and it feels like there's still something missing as far as like everything clicking for us. Um, part of that is, is that Donovan's been a slump too, but I think, Overall, things look like they're on the rise. Like I said, we look like we're improving every game as far as cohesiveness, as far as rotations, as far as defense. Which, and I kind of wanted to dive into this. I feel like good defense is important. We, we know that's important. I think that's that will in a way determine our success as a team is how well we can defend. Um, I think it is very hard to play good defense when you're lost offensively because defense is so much a mental game and a toughness and a focus. And you have to, you know, be where you have to know your rotations. You have to be working as a unit, especially the way we try to funnel everything to Rudy. Um, so if you're, 
don't have that focus, then you're not going to play good defense. And if you're lost offensively, you're going to get frustrated offensively. And then when you come to play defense, you're going to be frustrated and thinking about, man, I wish I knew what I, what I was doing on offense. And so your defense is going to struggle because you're worried about other things. Um, and most players, I, I would probably say 90% of players, worry about offense more than they do about defense. Um, and so when they're struggling or lost offensively, like that's where the, their thought is. And so their defense is naturally going to struggle. But the more the offense becomes natural for everyone, um, and, I, and I mean everyone, like everyone has to get used to this new offense because there's players and their styles and there's rotations that they've never even seen before. Um, so as soon as everyone gets, you know, used to the offense, um, I think our defense will start to pick back up again. And based off that defense, we'll be able to get rolling offensively. Um, kind of a, a weird... I don't know, endless cycle of defense, offense, defense, offense, which one one makes the other better. Um, so I, I really think, in my mind, after the All-Star break is when I expect things to start really clicking. And if we're still having um, significant struggles repeatedly, that's when I'll start to get worried. Um, but I think last night was a great win. It's something to celebrate. Um I think we looked better than in the Portland game, and I thought we looked okay in the Portland game. Um, and I'm hoping to see the same thing tonight. Um, tonight, like I said, I, I honestly have it penciled in as a loss. Um, I think we can win. I think we can beat anybody in this league anywhere if we play the way I know we can. Um, I just There's still some kinks to be worked out that I'm going to talk here in a second. And... I think there are more important things from tonight than getting a win. Uh, I think if we can defend well as a unit, I think if we can see um, the offensive system be run efficiently, I think if we can get a a good game from Donovan because he just has been in a slump and he just needs a breakout game. Um, So those are some of the things I'll be looking for tonight. And, and I think if we see some of those things, like, I would expect a win. Um, I just don't know that – I guess what I'm saying is I don't – I'm already ready for the freak out on Jazz Twitter tonight when we are down by 10 or 15. And, and I don't think that should be completely unexpected given the situation. So, anyways, um, moving on. Let's talk about Mike Conley and the team ceiling. And I think what people are not – Connecting, at least a small majority of Jazz Twitter, is that the ceiling of this team is undoubtedly connected to Mike Conley. Um, That's why he was brought in. The system has been centered around him being a key player. So those few, I, I haven't seen as many since the trade deadline because I think most people have come to terms with the fact that there's that Mike Conley's not going anywhere. But those few that are still saying that he should be benched, that he shouldn't play with Donovan, that um, should give Moody the minutes, that, you know, this and that. It's just not going to happen. This team is going to play well when Mike Conley plays well. And this team is going to have a limited ceiling if Mike Conley has a limited ceiling. And 
I mean that both in a Mike Conley has to play well personally and the Mike Conley has to fit into the system. Um, now, I think there has been a large overreaction from Jazz Twitter um, and just Jazz fans in general over the, I say the breaking in period of Mike Conley coming back into the starting lineup. I think there obviously have been struggles and um, I don't want to call them chemistry issues because I think the guys are getting along. It's more a sense of um, just fit issues that they're not used to playing with each other. And there's been a lot of freak out from Jazz fans of, you know, like maybe Conley's washed. He just doesn't fit in our system. A lot of people wanted him to be traded. And I don't think the coaching staff is really worried. I think this is all what they expected. Um, I think that it's going to take a minute. And I think we should look to the positives and, like I said, look for measured improvement each game. One positive is that Mike Conley is looking exactly like the Mike Conley we thought we were getting when we traded for him. He has been dynamic offensively. He gets to his spots. He's been making shots. He's been creating for other players. He spaces the floor. Like, he's exactly what the front office was looking for. Um, and so I think that is, that's great. And I think um, the, the fit is starting to, to gel a little more. Um, I think players just have to get used to each other. And I think there also is some sort of a, a randomness factor of that it's possible that a lot of people have just hit a slump. Um, it's right before the all-star break. Most NBA teams are just kind of slogging through and trying to get to the break. So the fact that, you know, maybe Joe hasn't been hitting as many shots or, or Donovan's been in a slump or, or Bogey had a bad game last night, like, I don't know that I'm too worried about all that. Like, it's all going to come together in its own due time. And what's important right now is that Conley's playing well. He's learning the system. Everyone is learning to play with him. Um, Quinn's finding some good rotations that, have the right players on the floor at the right times. And and I think, like I said, I think by the end of the All-Star break, we should kind of have everything sort of figured out and things will really start to click and we can gear up for playoff time. Um, I think... Oh, I, one other thing I wanted to know. Um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me and because I forgot about this point, but I, I really want to make... I made it last week in the podcast. But didn't get uploaded I guess so so stupid I wish I was more technology literate but anyways um David Locke he talked on his podcast about this about there's a lot of people saying that Conley should not be in the starting lineup or should play more with the bench because he takes people's touches um and he kind of went through and analyzed it and that's not exactly the case um a lot of people are saying that Joe doesn't play well when Conley plays because, you know, he, he doesn't have the ball as much. Joe's touches are around the same, and they're the same type of touches. He's holding the ball for a little less, about a second less per touch. Um, but he's getting them relatively to the same spots. He's not bringing the ball up as more is what it's really coming down to because he's not having to play point guard. And I don't know if that affects how Joe plays. I don't think it necessarily does. Um so across the board, the people, I mean, Clarkson's touches were down a little bit. Um, 
which I think is to be kind of expected. The, the person whose touches he's really taking is Emmanuel Moutier's because as he's come back, Moutier's dropped out of the rotation. Um, so I just wanted to kind of fact check that claim. He, he's not taking the ball that much from other people. Um, they're still getting their touches and they should still be hitting their shots. If anything, they should be getting more open shots because he he spaces the floor better than Emmanuel Moutier does. Moutier's not been a good shooter throughout his career. Um, but everyone in the league respects Mike Conley. So, anyways, I think the fit will happen. Um, I think we'll click and make a good run come playoff time. Um, and I honestly think the team ceiling this year is the Western Conference Finals. Um, I A lot of this will depend on seeding, um, but I, I feel confident that we could beat any team in the playoffs. Um, in a seven-game series. I think this team has the potential to do it. It'll depend a lot on how well everything clicks and how we come together, if we can get hot at the right time. You know, So much of the playoffs is just decided by certain, everything falling into place at the right time for you. But I think it's definitely a possibility this year. And I do want to say as well that... I can already envision a situation where we end up with a three or four seed um, and lose in the first or second round. And everyone says something to the effect of, well, we made all these moves and got all these players and we ended up with the same result, which is a valid concern. But I do just want to remind everyone that in my mind in the summer, when the front office made these moves, the idea wasn't to run for a title this year because they knew that there would be a breaking in period. That's why Bogdanovich has a four-year deal. That's why Conley, they got him with two years left on his contract. Um, I think next year is the year that we should all be looking towards. Now, again, I, I think we have a high ceiling this year. I, I don't think it's like, it's not completely absurd to say, oh, I think the Jazz might make the NBA Finals this year. Like, it is a possibility. Um, but... Next year will be the year that if we are not in serious contention for the finals, that's when, that's when we can kind of start to get worried and say, okay, what went wrong? But this year, I, I think I look at it as playing with house money. I mean, we made all these moves. We changed up a lot. It's going to take a minute, a hot minute, to break everyone in and, and get everyone used to each other. Um, but next year, we should bring back the same core, they'll all have played with each other, they'll have an entire offseason to gel and figure things out, and, and next year should just be a year that we can really make a run at it. So, I hope that all makes sense. I didn't get into too many numbers today, um, but sometimes it's good to just talk. And I hope you guys have enjoyed listening. Um, let me know if there's anything you'd like to hear, any tips you have, anything you don't like, um, and then feel free to, to leave a review and and share with your friends so we can just, I don't know, get a little more jazz in our life. Hope you guys have a good week and, and hope we have a good game tonight in Dallas.